Chapter thirty nine of Stories of King Arthur and His Knights. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joy Chan. Stories of King Arthur and His Knights by Hugh Waldo Cutler. Chapter thirty nine of Sir Mordred's Treason. As Sir Mordred was ruler of all England, he did make letters as though they came from beyond the sea, and the letters specified that King Arthur was slain in battle with Sir Launcelot. Wherefore Sir Mordred made a parliament, and called the lords together, and there he made them to choose him king. So was he crowned at Canterbury, and held a feast there fifteen days. Afterwards he drew unto Winchester, and there he took the queen, Guenever, and said plainly that he would wed her, which was his uncle's wife. So he made ready for the feast, and a day was prefixed when they should be wedded. Wherefore Queen Guinevere was passing heavy, but she durst not discover her heart, and spake fair, and agreed to Sir Mordred's will. Then she desired of him for to go to London, to buy all manner of things that longed unto the wedding, and because of her fair speech Sir Mordred trusted her well enough, and gave her leave to go. When she came to London, she took the Tower of London, and suddenly, in all haste possible, she stuffed it with all manner of victual, and well garnished it with men, and so kept it. Then, when Sir Mordred wist and understood how he was beguiled, he was passing wrath out of measure, and, a short tale for to make, he went and laid a mighty siege about the Tower of London, and made many great assaults thereat, and threw many great engines unto them, and shot great guns. But all might not prevail Sir Mordred, because Queen Guenever, for fair speech nor for foul, would never trust to come in his hands again. Then came the Bishop of Canterbury, the which was a noble clerk and a holy man. And thus he said to Sir Mordred, Sir, what will ye do? Will ye first displease God, and then shame yourself and all knighthood? Leave this matter, or else I shall curse you with book and bell and candle. Do thou thy worst, said Sir Mordred. Wit thou well I shall defy thee. Sir, said the bishop, and wit ye well I shall not fear me to do that I ought to do. Also, when ye noise that my lord Arthur is slain, that is not so and therefore ye will make a foul work in this land. Peace, thou foul priest, said Sir Mordred, for if thou chafe me any more, I shall make strike off thy head. So the bishop departed, and did the curse in the haughtiest wise that might be done. Then Sir Mordred sought the bishop of Canterbury for to slay him, and he fled, and, taking part of his goods with him, went nigh unto Glastonbury, and there lived in poverty and in holy prayers as priest-hermit in a chapel for well he understood that mischievous war was at hand. Then came word to Sir Mordred that King Arthur had raised the siege from Sir Launcelot, and was coming homeward with a great host to be avenged upon Sir Mordred. Wherefore Sir Mordred made right writs to all the barony of this land, and much people drew to him, for then was the common voice among them, that with Arthur was none other life but war and strife, and with Sir Mordred was great joy and bliss. Thus was Sir Arthur depraved and evil said of, and many there were that King Arthur had made up of naught, and had given lands to, who might not then say of him a good word. Lo, all ye Englishmen, see ye not what a mischief here was, for Arthur was the most king and knight of the world, and most loved the fellowship of noble knights, and by him they were all upholden. Now might not these Englishmen hold us content with him? Lo, thus was the old custom and usage of this land, and men say that we of this land have not yet lost 
nor forgotten that custom and usage. Alas, this is a great fault of all Englishmen, for there may no thing please us. And so fared the people at that time. They were better pleased with Sir Mordred than they were with King Arthur, and much people drew unto Sir Mordred, and said they would abide with him for better and for worse. So Sir Mordred drew with a great host to Dover, for there he heard say that Sir Arthur would arrive, and so he thought to beat his own uncle from his lands, and the most part of all England held with Sir Mordred, the people were so newfangled. As Sir Mordred was at Dover with his host, there came King Arthur with a great navy of ships, galleys, and carracks, and there was Sir Mordred ready awaiting upon his landage, to keep his own uncle from landing in the country that he was king over. Then there was launching of great boats and small, full of noble men of arms, and there was much slaughter of gentle knights, and many a bold baron was laid full low on both sides. But King Arthur was so courageous that there might no manner of knights prevent him from landing, and his knights fiercely followed him. So they landed in spite of Sir Mordred and all his power, and they put him aback, so that he fled, and all his people. When this battle was done, King Arthur let bury his dead, and then was the noble knight Sir Gawain found in a great boat lying more than half dead. When Sir Arthur wist that Sir Gawain was laid so low, he went unto him and made sorrow out of measure, for this sister's son was the man in the world that he most loved. Sir Gawain felt that he must die, for he was smitten upon the old wound that Sir Launcelot had given him afore the city of Benwick. He now knew that he was the cause of this unhappy war, for had Sir Launcelot remained with the king, it would never have been, and now King Arthur would sore miss his brave knights of the round table. Then he prayed his uncle that he might have paper, pen, and ink, and when they were brought, he with his own hand wrote thus, as the French book maketh mention. Unto Sir Launcelot, flower of all noble knights that ever I heard of, or saw by my days, I, Sir Gawain, King Lot's son of Orkney, sister's son unto the noble King Arthur, send thee greeting, and let thee have knowledge that this tenth day of May, through the same wound that thou gavest me, I am come to my death. And I will that all the world wit that I, Sir Gawain, knight of the table round, sought my death. It came not through thy deserving, but it was mine own seeking. Wherefore I beseech thee, Sir Launcelot, to return again unto this realm, and see my tomb, and pray some prayer, more or less, for my soul. For all the love that ever was betwixt us, make no tarrying, but come over the sea in all haste, that thou mayest with thy noble knights rescue that noble king that made thee knight, that is my lord Arthur. For he is full straightly bestead with a false traitor, my half-brother Sir Mordred. We all landed upon him and his host at Dover, and there put him to flight, and there it misfortuned me to be stricken in the same wound the which I had of thy hand, Sir Launcelot. Of a nobler man might I not be slain. This letter was written but two hours and an half afore my death, with mine own hand, and so subscribed with part of my heart's blood. Then Sir Gawain wept, and King Arthur wept, and then they swooned both. When they awaked both, the king made Sir Gawain to receive the sacrament, and then Sir Gawain prayed the king to send for Sir Launcelot, and to cherish him above all other knights. And so at the hour of noon, Sir Gawain yielded up the spirit, and the king let inter him in a chapel within Dover Castle. 
Then was it told King Arthur that Sir Mordred had pitched a new field upon Barham Down. Upon the morn the king rode thither to him, and there was a great battle betwixt them, and much people were slain on both parties. But at the last Sir Arthur's party stood best, and Sir Mordred and his party fled to Canterbury. Upon this much people drew unto King Arthur, and he went with his host down by the seaside, westward toward Salisbury, and there was a day assigned between him and Sir Mordred, when they should meet in battle upon a down beside Salisbury, not far from the sea. In the night before the battle King Arthur dreamed a wonderful dream, and it seemed to him verily that there came Sir Gawain unto him, and said, God giveth me leave to come hither for to warn you that, if ye fight to morn with Sir Mordred, as ye both have assigned, doubt ye not ye must be slain, and the most part of your people on both parties. For the great grace and goodness that Almighty Jesu hath unto you, and for pity of you and many other good men that there shall be slain, God hath sent me to you, of his special grace, to give you warning, that in no wise ye do battle to morn, but ye take a treaty for a month, and proffer ye largely, so as to morn to be put in delay, for within a month shall come Sir Launcelot, with all his noble knights, and rescue you honourably, and slay Sir Mordred, and all that ever will hold with him. Then Sir Gawain vanished, and anon the king commanded Sir Lucan and his brother Sir Bedivere, with two bishops with them, and charged them to take a treaty for a month with Sir Mordred in any wise they might. So then they departed, and came to Sir Mordred, where he had a grim host of an hundred thousand men. There they entreated Sir Mordred long time, and at the last he was agreed to have Cornwall and Kent by King Arthur's days, and after the days of King Arthur, all England. End of chapter 39